Hello, and welcome to How to Fail at College. My name is Paul Crowley. And I'm Carl Beckham. How to Fail at College is a podcast about how to survive college or fail miserably trying. All right now, this is our first full episode back after our uh, shortish break. Extended hiatus. There we go. Uh, and so we actually want to talk about a, an important issue that I think affects almost every single student and teacher alike, and that is motivation. How do we pull ourselves out of the bed of the morning and make this thing happen? Uh, I readily admit I am not terribly good with motivation. It is it is a hurdle I have to overcome daily. I'm good getting out of bed, but it's just the the getting stuff done sometimes is tricky for me. Well, I think this is something that affects all of us, but you, I think, don't struggle with it as much as you think you do because you made it to work today after hitting a deer <laughs> on the road and yet you're still here and we're still recording so it's, it's, it's this was my motivation <laughs> paul's gonna be yeah. so disappointed in me if i don't make it i had to be there that's what it was maybe that is it after after you hit a deer there's the things you learn the desire to just go home yeah <laughs> So it's interesting, though, because in our in my class for Psych 201, one of the topics that we cover is motivation. And one of the things that we talk about is that there's a difference between activation and persistence. And that everybody's, or most people can get motivated to start something or to activate a new endeavor, right? Going to school, um, starting a new job, starting a new hobby, reading a book, whatever it may be. We're very good at starting something. Maybe those diet and exercise routines, too, that's come to mind. But there's a difference between starting the activation and then the persisting, the, the day-to-day. And so I always ask my students, because we're roughly about halfway through the semester at that point when it comes up. So I'm like, okay, so think back to day one in the class, right? You register for all your courses, you're there, you have your syllabus, you have all your materials, you went and bought your notebooks, your highlighters, your pens, your pencils, your note cards, all this kind of stuff. You got your textbooks that you paid too much money for, but whatever, you're ready to go. And then ask them, so now that we're halfway, how are you feeling? <laughs> What do you think the response is? It, it grumbles. Yes. Lots and lots of grumbles. <laughs> Their motivation is so gone they can't even properly respond. <laughs> it's spring break. Spring break is so close. <laughs> and the, see, the thing is, I don't think it's just the students, right? We get that way. Absolutely. And I, I'm struggling with that right now. Um, it's Paul and I are both in the same situation. We have portfolios, which are presentations of what we've been doing, how we've been teaching. They're just production of what we do yeah that we have to do in order to keep our job which which <laughs> which is yes. there's a pressure <laughs> that's the, the added that's, pressure that's the most important key um, thing here we have to keep our jobs so the motivation <laughs> to do that to keep my job that motivation's here that is present that is always there persistent as well uh, the motivation to do the portfolio huh yeah I will find anything to do I found myself last Friday absolute Lord's honest truth, walking around my house trying to find something to do so I didn't have to sit down and do my portfolio. Now, isn't that just crazy, <laughs> right? We know that we need to do something, and yet we're like, okay, well, let me just check the internet real quick. Is there any laundry left in the basket? Socks, right. socks, socks? Anything we do. And I have a theory about why we do that, though. Because when you check Facebook, when you check Twitter, when you check stuff online, your email, you check your BuzzFeed articles, whatever you're doing, each time you do one, right? So let's say I go to BuzzFeed, all right? I go to the trending, this is what I normally do. I open up all the ones that I'm interested in, and then I knock them out. Each one that I do, I completed something. It's a sense of fulfillment. 
it just adds in the same fact of, well, yes, you did accomplish something, but now you're one step further away from accomplishing what you should have been doing. And of course, as you mentioned Facebook, there's also with that, there's the standard issue dopamine rush of somebody liking something that you posted. It's activating the pleasure center, which is the nucleus accumbens in your brain. Boom. <laughs> Science. Okay. But one of the things that I'm looking at, though, because we have a colleague, I'm not going to name their name, but it's very often that we'll hear from them, I don't want to, right, for undergrading or something that we need to do. And so this is something that affects not just the students, but us as faculty and anybody in life. So it comes down to how do we do what we need to do even when we don't feel like doing it? <laughs> the My issue, uh, it's the making time has been, has grown for me. But the new kid, the dogs, the house, everything. So trying to find that time is one thing. and what. I, but the way I've been breaking everything down and keeping my motivation is just breaking down my tasks. If I have a stack of 20 essays, I group them in sets of five. Five, 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 five. Power through five, check your Facebook, get your dopamine. Power through five, Go to BuzzFeed, read an article. Power through five, go walk the dogs. So breaking up the monotony of it has helped me. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing the same thing with the portfolio. It's just make sure you get through this portion, Yep. go do that. Make sure you get through this portion, go do that. It's the <laughs> it's basically the carrot on the stick for me, which is yeah. kind of interesting. So breaking it up into manageable chunks. So if we were like we're going to relate this to students, let's say that they're taking the average of five classes a semester, which is what you see typically. It's not necessarily okay. I got to study for all my five classes for the next two hours, but rather okay. Let me take my English class with Professor Beckham, and I'm going to study for this for the next 20 minutes. Once that's finished, take a break, do whatever, go get something to eat, come back, boom. Now I got Professor Crowley's psych class. 20 minutes here. Is that what's kind of what the similar thing would be? In a way, but I think it really helps, especially in it, with studying, it's going to be the same way because you're reading 50 pages of your psychology textbook and you're marking up your notes, you're taking notes, you're highlighting. So you have tangible evidence of progress that you can go right. back and look at. It's the same way with working through those stacks. As it whittles down, there's more of a push towards the finish line because you see that progress. And that's, seeing progress is what helps motivate me. Mm -hmm. And it's the, again, it's that carrot on the stick. You look, you see that finish, you see that end, and you know yeah. you're free. <laughs> yeah. You look back and you're like, I can do this. I've already done it, I'm amazing. <laughs> Here's what's left, I'm a little bit closer, right? Each time, inch by inch, right? And it's it's fascinating because I, I'm teaching an online class right now and grading essays online I don't quite have that same tangible. It's not as apparent, as overt, as having that stack of physical papers. So I'm, sorry online students, somewhat less motivated to go to it, to knock those out, to set them aside and file them away. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Carl. You told me the other day about a student you had who was asking about their grade after class. And there was a little bit of confusion at first when you told him what his grade was. He heard something differently from what it was. Can you share that just really briefly what happened? I uh, recently had a student ask me for clarification on their grade and we discussed how everything was looking, what was going on, uh, where they were. I said, okay, check the grades and mumbled, 84. And the student said, 84? I said, no, A4. 
was rough. Single digit grade in the class. A, four, one, two, three, four. That was his average. Mm -hmm. So I was telling this to my wife, and her immediate response was, why the heck does he even go to class? Why does he even go to school if you are literally going to get a four in the class? I can understand 4D, mm -hmm. right? So maybe you're going, you're not doing everything you can, or you are going, it's just for the reason you're not getting the material and you're not doing well on some of the assignments and things. But a four? It's like, come on, that's ridiculous. And so it's like, where's the motivation? That was the, that was the question. I, the, the student, lovely student, absolutely good personality, was there almost every day. Showed up nearly every day for class. And there was just a disconnect in the work. So I think, there's, I think that's a good point, though. Because students, if you get them in the class, you got them. And they're gonna, if they show up, they will do the work. So if you have them do something in class, it's more likely to be done. But once you say, this is an assignment that you're gonna do at home, this is the paper that you need to work on at home, this is something you have to work on outside of class, once we do that, once they leave that classroom, the motivation just goes out the window. That's very true. The, the, uh, Until the night before. <laughs> oh, we can talk about the night before in a moment. Uh, the, the student, the, Four was all work done in class. Oh goodness! Well, that's just a special type of student then. But there's one, there's a, there's a key concept also within psychology. When you look at motivation, you have external versus internal, or intrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. Right? What's the source of this motivation? Right? So, if it's something intrinsic, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, it is inherently satisfying to me. It brings me joy. When something's externally motivated, we have the intrinsic motivation. This is something, I'm doing it for some other reason, right? There's something in it for me. And so I actually asked my students at one point, they have this um, way using Poll Everywhere to respond anonymously and ask them just a simple question with three possible answers. Why did you come to class today, right? And it's no coincidence that time after time after time, the vast majority of the students answer in one of two ways or one of the first two responses. I came to class to avoid too many absences or two, to learn what I needed for the test. There's a very, very small percentage who say, I came to class today because I actually enjoy learning about this material. Now, just because you came because you enjoyed it doesn't mean you're not also coming to avoid too many absences, Absolutely. that you're not coming to do you know, what you need to for the test, but it's what's the core motivation. At the end of the day, what's the biggest motivator? And so for those who come because they actually enjoy learning about the material, in my mind, I don't know if there's any scientific proof apart from my just anecdotal experiences, I think they do better hmm. because the motivation is there. So when they wake up in the morning, and it's one of those days where you just can't. Yeah they're gonna push themselves and they're still gonna show up and do what they need to. And so I think the hardest thing that we have as teachers and individually in any kind of career you're gonna have is how do we motivate ourselves or other people intrinsically? Because it's not easy. No. And extrinsically, sure, that's fine, that's easy to do. We have all these strategies, but the problem is they only work while you continue to provide them. Once you take that away, you're left to that person. Huh. You've been thinking about that all week, haven't you? No, it's just what we talked about in class. <laughs> it comes up. It's what we covered. Yeah, no. I I did like your your point a moment ago about waiting to that night before, the night before, the night before. And that's English class. That is my biggest issue is consistently having students 
with an essay due on Wednesday, getting started Tuesday after school, and staying up all night, powering through, pounding energy drinks, and then turning it in. I always try to explain, look, that will get you by. Mm-hmm. So if you're a good writer, if you've got good grammar and you know your stuff, you're going to do, you'll get by. Yeah. You might not get perfect. But the thing is, if you take, if you go back, going back to my carrot on the stick and breaking it up into little p- bits and pieces, if you do the work in advance to strategize, to plan it out, to plot it, so by the time you sit down, go ahead and get yourself Monday night instead of Tuesday, if you do it over Monday night, You've got all day Tuesday to edit, to revise, to clean, to mm-hmm. specify, to find those gaps that you left in. Because heaven knows when you rush, you're going to leave gaps. You're going to jump over things. And one of, I think, <laughs> this is an issue we actually have on this podcast, is we have something in our minds and we are running with it. And we jump over things that we forget to discuss. Or mm-hmm. we have we plan out something. It, it's even part of our outlines on our iPads. And we are ready and running towards it. And then we'll move on to something else. Right. So that's, for me, waiting for that last minute, the sweet, sweet world of procrastination. I work better under pressure. I lie to myself with that one, too. It just doesn't work when you look at it. And I think on our end, we do everything we can as teachers to, or at least most of us, for some of the things that we do, we do everything we can to try to make the classes engaging and interesting, to hopefully motivate our students. But there was a good article um, a while back in the Miami Herald that uh, a cousin of mine who's an assistant principal at a high school in the area, he posted and talked about, at the end of the day, the teachers can only do so much, Hmm. right? We can be as interesting and engaging. We can be these theatrical performances. That's just trying to get students to actually come to class. But again, it's what happens outside the class. The students have to have their own motivation. They have to ask themselves, why do I want to do this? Right. So I know personally, some of the assignments that I have in my class, some of the things we talk about, I try to relate it directly to their real life. Mm-hmm. So they can see, this does affect you. It's not just something you need to learn for a test, but it can actually literally change your life for the better. And I'm hoping, it doesn't always happen, of course, but I'm hoping that that can be a motivation or a desire to learn more, right? But going back to what we mentioned before with this activation and persistence, when you look at education, this is a long-term game, right? So if you're going for an associate's degree, that's minimum two years. Bachelor's, four years. You want to get a master's degree on top of that, that's one to three years according to the program. Let's say you want to go the PhD route, that's an average of seven to eight years depending on the program. If you're going medical school, you got your four years beyond the bachelor's plus your four to six years of training after that. This is a bunch of time, right? Like I've been in some kind of class, taking a class, pursuing some type of degree for the past 12 years. I am just done at this point. I am just ready to be over it. And it is a struggle to persist in that because the problem we're having is that when you look at that intrinsic versus intrinsic motivation, when you look at those two, the extrinsic motivation for education is getting that degree, is getting that job. But that's not going to be necessarily enough to get you by over those years because it's going to take so long before you actually get the payoff. So you need to be motivated intrinsically on the day-to-day basis. And obviously we're not going to have the answer for that. you got to figure it out for yourself because that's the biggest problem. How do you motivate yourself intrinsically? Carrot on the stick. <laughs> no, that's. It's. I think that's probably going to be an age-old question. Um, 
how do you how do you build that drive? So what yeah. what's your advice for that? Me? Yeah. You see, I can only focus on what it is for me. Well, yeah. Right. I do it. My wife actually commented the other day about this um, that I just enjoy learning. Right. I enjoy learning about new things. This is why I love podcasts so much. This is why I like to read things online. As long as it's not too long. TLDR. Right. <laughs> But I enjoy to an English professor. I know, I know. All of mine is TLDR. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, for me, it's just I do have that internal motivation, right? When I was going to school, it was because I wanted to get this education, yeah. right? I wasn't there because of the grade. Obviously, I wanted to get a grade. I didn't want to have too many absences, but I did enjoy learning about the material. I wanted to do it for my own personal reasons, not because it was expected of me. Not, well, it was, but it was more because I wanted to do it. Right. So I'm I'm with you there. I think curiosity is just curiosity is what motivates me. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> this might sound terrible, but in some ways it's probably the inspiration behind half of the assignments I give my students mm-hmm. is I want them to go find something, be curious, and I always push that. If the if the topics you've got you're not interested in, this is not going to happen. It won't work. Have yeah. that curiosity. Find something you want to know about and run with it because that. For me, as you said, that's a great motivator. Yeah. All, all I can think about since you said that is in 10th grade having to read The Great Gatsby. I hate that book with it's, a fiery passion. It's beautifully written. I, I, I can't even get to that point. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the light? Stupid green light, what it symbolizes. I got to tell you, I don't care. It is one of the, I know it's like the great American novel. It's not. It's, it's not. It really isn't. I love to read. You know I love to read. I just don't want to read that crap. Right? But you give me something I'm interested in, Harry Potter, and then I will talk all day about this stuff. I'm, I'm aware. And just, just so people know, I do read a lot outside of Harry Potter. That just happens to be one of the greatest series of all time, which I recently, recently reread, and it was just amazing, as it was the first six or seven times I read it. Enough of that tangent, though. <laughs> So obviously, like we were saying, when it comes to motivation, we're not going to presume to have all the answers since this is an age-old question. We're not stupid enough to think that these two punks like us can <laughs> answer all the, the, all the things related to this. But we hope that we have given you some ideas about how you can pursue this. And what you need to do is make sure you're doing this in class so it actually gets done, right? That's what we talked about. In class, out of class. Big difference. <laughs> I think, but yeah, I think it all kind of winds down to find your push, stay curious, just keep building. Yep. Well, folks, that wraps up our show for this week. Thank you so very, very, very much for listening in. We appreciate any feedback or questions you may have, so please reach out to us at failatcollege at gmail.com. I'm sorry for all those ats. On Instagram, we're at failatcollege. And on Twitter, you can find me at my username, PB Crowley. Uh, if you like the show, help us out with a great review and a five-star rating in iTunes. That really helps us out. makes us feel good about ourselves. gives us that dopamine rush. So please help us out. <laughs> make us feel better about ourselves. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the show whenever podcast client you use. And remember, if once you subscribe, you need to grab your friend's phone and subscribe for them as well. Paul and I produce and edit the show ourselves. Our theme music is by Broke for Free. The outro music comes from Chris Dack. Until next time, we are How to Fail at College. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.